Hey, yo, and here we go. Another episode of We Talk Music is on the air and in your ear. Once again, I am often with me, the king of the casters, Mr. Brett Podcast. And Brett, I know we're really excited to talk about all the great stuff that this gentleman is doing. Why don't you introduce the guest for today's show? Oh, wow. I mean, we have one of our favorite guests. He is a, he is a, a great Canadian. So we always love having our Canadians on the show. Uh, he's been on the show before uh, to talk about heroes and monsters. We're here to talk about his Blackbird Angel uh, project today, but also he plays with Miles Kennedy and the Conspirators, who, uh, I mean, Age of Electric, the list goes on. Pod Kearns, welcome back to the show. I, I think I could probably spend the next 40 minutes just talking about the projects that you're involved in, but, but you know, let's hear from you first. <laughs> well, I'm happy to talk about whatever. I was just pointing out my OPP hat that the, the Kim Mitchell mock-up that we did for you know, it's uh, has to be done. I oh yeah, of, I kind of somebody made it, and then it was kind of like, let's play, uh, go for a soda or whatever. Well, there's a lot of great songs. A lot of great songs. If you're doing some Kim Mitchell to choose from, that's for sure. No shortage, including Max Webster. Yeah, it never ends. In fact, Sebastian Bach always, he whenever we talk about Canadian rock, he's like, you didn't talk about Max Webster. I go, I, I, you know, I was sort of generationally by the time i was getting into music it seemed like kim was doing kim and max webster was kind of like you know it was what he used to do i don't know i, I knew <laughs> i know some of the songs i don't know the whole the whole thing yeah I've, I've actually been grabbing all the max webster's i can find on vinyl now so oh cool, <laughs> yeah there's some wacky there's some wacky music on those records and, a, oh, and yeah. wacky wacky covers and wacky images like those guys yeah they were like frank zappa and the mothers of invention or something yeah yeah, I mean, the outfits they put themselves in, that's like... Totally. <laughs> yeah, nuts. So anyways, the reason that we're here, I mean, September 8th, you've got the new album, uh, Soul Sorte. Yeah. Is that, that how you pronounce it? Uh, I, you know, honestly, I've been meaning to, add, to uh, hit up Tracy about that. Um, I've been saying Soul Sort, but it, it it's Soul Sorte. You know what? I'm going to accept it either way. It's a Danish, <laughs> it's a Danish word for Blackbird, basically, is what it is. Tracy splits his time between la and uh denmark you know he's a he's a he's a dual citizen now i think actually wow. i think he's actually a citizen of, of denmark but um so he just sort of like sent me over that mock album cover he took that photo as far as i know i think it was just kind of like a click and there's a blackbird and and i was like that looks great i go i don't know what that means but it seems cool you know and he's like, it means blackbird i go well there you go perfect <laughs> it's suit actually as somebody who was born in denmark it's what is not, it? Uh, suit. Ah, uh, it, it, it's the oot. You know, yes, the, the of course the yeah, yeah. So yeah, the, the Finnish and the not Swedish often and being Norwegian. born. Yeah, all over there. It's yeah. it's 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 your. It's not what you think it is. Hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. No, no, and and it's not often being born in Denmark comes in handy for me living in Canada. But there you go. There you go. Perfect. There you nice. Go. Well, you can you can do the album title from now on. I'm not going to touch it, but uh, yeah, so he'll so, do legit. Yeah, that's oh, absolutely. I mean, nothing but legitimacy here, of course. <laughs> so you know, Todd, tell us how the album came about. Well, it was another one of those, um, in not unlike uh, Heroes and Monsters, where you know, I've been talking about this a bit. It's sort of like you know when you look back on lockdown and 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 everything that went on i don't know about you guys but there was a little bit of talk about like 
you know, I, I the, the entire thing is going to be changed. I don't think we're going to be touring like we used to tour. I don't think it's going to be, you know, there was a lot of doom saying about like, it's the end of, and it's kind of funny to look back on it now because from the vantage point of it, as if it never happened, you know, and, and uh, going on the road and doing all the things that we do, there was a minute there where people were sort of, sort of like saying that it'll never be the same and we're never going to tour. So to me, it was kind of like sitting at home, not doing too much, that it became kind of like the idea of writing songs with, with people and, and recording was like, that sounds like a blast. Let's do that. You know, and Tracy, Tracy's one of those guys that, you know, I've, I've always been a great admirer of, of, of everything he's done. I played his songs in, in cover bands when I was young. And, and uh, when he would come and jam with us, had, the Sin City Sinners was a band I had here in Vegas and we jammed all the time and and Tracy would come jam and he was always very cool to me and very complimentary about you know uh, my voice and all that kind of stuff and you know over the years I became more and more known as you know the guy in the background behind Miles and Slash and um, although I was always given huge props for singing harmonies and, and all that stuff along with Miles it was sort of uh, I was just sort of, you know, not thought of as a vocalist. And I was okay with that. You know, I'd sort of, you know, I, my ego was such that, you know, I've done so many things in my career and I, I love playing music and I'm happy to be doing it, you know. But when these opportunities present themselves, you're like, hell yeah. Tracy, his, his, his sort of initial manifesto was like, let's make a 70s rock record, a Led Zeppelin, Bad Company, you know, I'll, I'll throw in Humble Pie. I mean, I, I, I know we sort of steered our starship towards that planet, you know, whether we actually, re you know, reach that planet or not, I don't know. But um, that was the initial sort of like, uh, you know, that's where we were headed. So along the way, there's definitely some bobbing and weaving and, and some different things that kind of came up, but that was the intention. And I think that's why it's so sort of unleashed in a way, you know, like somebody was saying to me, like, I've never heard you really sing like this. And I go, well, I always kind of sang like that, but, you know, I sort of came up in the 90s and that sort of singing was sort of frowned upon for a while, <laughs> and, you know, and I kind of, so I sort of veered into, okay, well, then I'll do more of this kind of thing, you know, and and then, you know, kind of weaving back into um, the Sinners was so much more of a, uh, although we had our own music, we we definitely sort of started as a jam band and playing cover songs, and then it was like, ACDC or whatever and I'd be like singing the songs and going like this is exactly you know songs that I was singing in high school were now being played you know as a grown man and I'd be like I love singing like this so when when Tracy was like let's make this balls out rock record I was like let's let's do that <laughs> and so we did yeah <laughs> and I mean the album is great I love the I love thank the you Thank you. It's a lot of fun. I mean, it's, 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 I mean, when I say it's, you know, it, it rocks, there's definitely a couple of, uh, you know, we have a, I guess it, I hate using the word ballad, but it, it's sort of like, because it always just strikes me as a black and white video staring out of a Greyhound window. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Man, I love that look. <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah, yeah. It's always that sort of release a rocker, maybe a couple of rockers, and then there's always that sort of grainy black and white, you know touchy-feely kind of video 
Um, but, you know, I think that it, you know, it just sort of was the way it shook down. We never really had any sort of uh, beyond just sort of like, here's some music. And I would just sit in my studio and write lyrics and write melodies and, and record it. So I, I never played bass on the record. I just literally, or played guitar or anything. I just literally just sang and, and wrote lyrics and, and um, melodies and, and just sort of sent it off into the ether. Every, every single time it was kind of an audition of like, well, I hope they like this. I wouldn't ruin this song. <laughs> and uh, it was like, that's awesome. Let's do another one. It'd be like, okay. And then, you know, it just sort of, you know, until it happens 11 times or whatever it is. And it's like, well, that's a record. Boom. Put a cover on it and it's gone, you know. <laughs> and it's done. So the, I wasn't sure if it was going to be like the Tracy Guns project or, or you know, whatever we were going to, Guns and Kerns, I don't know. But then uh, we came up with a name and that was that, yeah. Yeah, did Tracy play bass on it or did... Uh... I think Adam played bass on oh, it, if okay. I'm not mistaken. I mean, Tracy might have played bass on some of it, but, but it was coming to me as finished music. It was kind of like, they had definitely been working on it and, um, you know, it didn't come at me at like 11 songs. It was coming at me at a few songs at a time. And I was like, oh, okay, wow. And then, uh, but then I think it did actually sort of land in my lap as, you know, in, in not too long, it, it definitely landed in my lap with, you know, a, a big old workload of music. In fact, there's a song on the album called The Last Song, which was in, was my intention to be the last song on the mm, record because it makes sense. But it was sort of like, I literally had written it sort of like, you know, even if it's just kind of like a jumble of ideas, you know, because often you'll listen to things and go like, okay, this will be cool. You have an idea for a melody or an idea. And you just kind of like listen through to the different things and go, I've got something for this, boom, and off you go. And you work on that and boom. And the last song was literally the last song. I literally had written it down as like, I don't really have anything for that. That's <laughs> the, the last song to work on. But by the time I got around to working on it, then that title, the last song just seems like such a, you know, which was literally just me saying that's the last song to work on. It sounded like a title and, I, and it made me think about, you know, I mean, the, the line in the song is what's the last song you'll ever hear? What's the last song you'll ever sing? You know, that kind of thing. For someone like me who's obsessed with music, and I think you guys kind of probably follow in the same in the same thing. I mean, somebody who's so obsessed with music or just loves music so much, it's a weird thing to consider. What is the last song I'll ever hear? What is the last song I'll ever sing? That's a that's a trip might be kind of a dark topic, but it's like for somebody who's sort of like day begins with music and, and my day ends with music, it's sort of like, it's an interesting thing to consider. I don't know, maybe I have to make a weird mixtape of like 200 songs, 200 awesome songs. So in case I die <laughs> you, you you know, just... on, my, on my deathbed, just play all these songs. And I'm cool with dying. I just yeah. don't want to die to fucking Kokomo by the Beach Boys or something. <laughs> <laughs> Not to... Not that that's a bad song, but I just don't want to be like <laughs> arrive at the pearly gates like, yeah, I got uh, sorry, Rupa, I got this, I, <laughs> I got this song stuck in my head. I'm sorry, because <laughs> because you know that now that you've mentioned it, it's stuck in everything. <laughs> it's you know it, it's a guilty pleasure. Let's be honest. Yeah. Oh well, of course. <laughs> yeah, and and that is such an interesting question because because it's just like, do I get to choose or 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 is it just like what's there? Because yes, if you were if you just died and the radio was playing and it and it was just some top forty thing and you're like, oh no, really? That's it. Wake me <laughs> up before you go, or whatever it is. Yeah. No, it's a fascinating thing because a friend of mine was telling me about how his daughter was born to Orinoco Flow by Enya, and I go, what? You were playing music when your kid was born? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I go, dude, I, my kids were born. It was just like chaos. I uh, <laughs> never even thought about like, let me just call up some music. Or, uh, you know, 
Um, but I appreciated the idea of that, you know, coming into the world with music and going out of the world with music is kind of like how I'd like to do it. But I, it's not quite as bleak a topic in the song as far as I'm concerned. But it is, you know, for somebody who's, you know, whose whole life has been music, it's sort of like, well, and the last song you'll ever sing is a very particular thing because chances are, although, you know, Ringo Starr's 83, he's outliving like a lot of just humans not just musicians mm -hmm, you know? mm -hmm. um it's sort of one of those things where you know i'll probably be off stage long before i actually die or like you know realistically you know, i mean if life goes the way it's supposed to go if i live to be 90 you know there's a good chance i probably won't be up there like hey do you guys remember remote control by the age of electric because i don't <laughs> <laughs> We'll we'll be in the audience. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Where's my remote control? <laughs> in the same old folks' home. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'd love that. I think that would be great. But uh, it'd be a great yeah. old folks' home. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think Unbroken is my favorite song. Cause, oh, cool. Because like, a it's such a great song. But Adam's drum work on that thing is beastly. It really is, actually. Yeah, he's a uh, he's sort of an unsung hero on this thing. I mean, he's actually on a lot of. Um, on some of the uh, LA Guns recordings, I can't remember exactly which ones, but he's always sort of like uh, he's uh, like one of those guys that's just he's on stuff you just don't realize that he's actually on it. But yeah, he's a very talented cat, and uh, he gets around on a lot of other instruments too. But but uh, yeah, he, he his drumming on this record was really fun, and that song is that song is was one of those ones that uh, you know it it it. it uh, it was hard to pick singles on this record. It really was because when they came at us and said, shut up, you know, I love you. Um, it was sort of like, yeah, that seems like something that people would scream in a club or, you know, at a concert. And I go, yeah, okay. Um, so sometimes you need those objective people to kind of go like, we think this and you go, okay, you know, let's do that. You know, but things like Unbroken, I, I felt really strongly about. And, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's up there with a lot of the other ones where when I talk about like our, crew north was sort of like led zeppelin or you know humble pie or whatever it was kind of like when i hear when i think of unbroken i go i don't know that we landed in that territory on that song but i think there's elements of it but definitely it has some other modern-esque sort of i guess would be the i don't know if that's the right term either somebody once said to me you know this one thing kind of reminds me of L.A. Guns, and I go, well, that's a reach. I go, no. <laughs> there's a good chance that, that some of that trickled in as well, yeah. <laughs> What's it like working with Tracy? I mean, you know, he's he's so talented in so many ways in that regard. So, like, I, but, I mean, then again, you've worked with Slash. So, it, it's, you know, you yeah. like, well, what it's, is... It's, it's different because in the Slash band, you know, uh creatively although i'm always there and i've you know thrown ideas around here and there a lot of the chemistry itself is slashes riffs miles's uh lyrics you know what i mean and i'm a big i'm a big believer in the fact that you know you've got eddie van halen or something like that making music and it takes a david lee roth or a sammy hagar or Gary Sharon, I suppose, if you want to have that conversation. But, <laughs> but you know. I could. Yeah. I could. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure we could. But the, uh, you know, the fact that, you know, someone like Dave took that and went, dance the night away or running with the devil or whatever and turned it into, basically turns it into a song, you know. And um, that's kind of the beauty of that. But 
with Miles and Slash having their thing, you know, it's sort of like when I step into a world with Tracy, it's kind of like the music is just simply presented to me. And it's sort of like um, my job to turn it into, you know, where's the lyric? Where's the where's the melody? And I love that challenge. It's amongst my favorite things to do is to kind of take a piece of music and find something to sing to it, you know? And um, I think the beauty of uh, with Tracy and with Adam was I, I, I kept, you know, recording a, a vocal and then sending it off and going like, well, I hope they like this. You know, I, I'm a, sort of a big believer in like, if I like something, there's a good chance somebody else will like it. I mean, it's, you know, it's the nature of the objectivity of, of making music or making art, if we may throw the word around. Um, but they were like, it was the only one we really had any sort of back and forth about was a song called On and On and Over and Over, um, was a bluesy type song that we really wanted to capture a certain thing, you know. Everything else was just kind of like, I'd send it off and they'd be like, wow, cool, awesome. And here's another one, you know, it'd be like, sort of like, it was sort of, it, it felt very, you know, like very organic and very authentic and, and very like just young guys. Like, I felt like we were 15 going like, hey, cool, let's go play a show, you know, like, and uh, it just came together really quick and it came together really painlessly in a way, I suppose, you know, not having the gigantic pressure of the producer and the A&R guy and the label president and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, I mean, maybe if we did a second album, there might be a sort of pressure to kind of make it as good as the first one or all those things that come with that. Um, but I think that, you know, working with Tracy has been nothing but a pleasure. I mean, he's, he's an amazing dude. And, and, uh, like I said, when we, when we met initially, we just jammed together and played music and he was always very supportive and very complimentary about what I was doing. So it was like, you know, it was nice to hear you know, a guy that you really looked up to being cool to you and, and, and then for him to come to me and go, Hey, what do you think about doing this record? You know, sort of like, hell yeah, let's do that. That, if, if, you know, if it's, if it only happens once and then in, you know, in 20 years, someone walks up to me with that record, I'm going to be like, Oh damn, dude, I, this was, this was a blast. What a trip I got. What a, what a honor it was to be able to make that record, you know, but who knows what'll happen. Yeah, because that's one of those things. Uh, I think if Tracy says, hey, you want to work together? It's the answer is pretty much always yes. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, it's like, you know, he's done stuff with Michael Sweet and a few other people, and he's done some really cool stuff. Um, so to me, it's kind of like, you know, I, it, it, like I said before, it was like a weird time during that lockdown. And, um, you know, I, there's sort of a weird thing within the within the rock world where bands like Kiss and Aerosmith just haven't made new music in 10, 15, 20 years. I don't even know how long now. And it just seems strange to me that, I mean, McCartney makes new music. I don't know that, you know, he's necessarily breaking new ground or, or, or um, moving, you know, units the way he did in the eighties and the seventies. But I think he makes music because he wants to make music. He's an artist. He's, he's a writer, you know? Um, but those guys just kind of like a lot of bands just sort of like, is there any real point in making music at a certain point you go out and people want to hear, you know, love in an elevator or rock and roll all night or, or Jesse's girl or whatever your song is. That's kind of what, <laughs> that's kind of what they want to hear. Hey, to Rick Springfield's credit, he just put out a new record too. That's, I just that's thought, great. I just thought of that. Cause I, 
thought of him because I went through my phone and I go, oh, good for him. But uh, <laughs> it's one of those things where as an artist is always that weird term, but I always kind of feel like um, I love making music, but I think that it's easy to fall into that, into that slump of like, if you don't have motivation to do so, you just won't because it's sort of like, it's easier just to go fly out to Michigan and play at the casino and do the hits and then go home or whatever it is than it is to kind of, you know, cause it's, you know, you know, I've talked to the guys in kiss about it. It's like, you know, do we want to, you know, go through the whole process of the, you know, writing the songs, you know, going through the process of recording the music, patching, packaging it, putting it out there and having it be disappointing because it doesn't sell. Uh, not only does it not sell what it did, but it's kind of one of those things where it's sort of almost a pointless venture in that it barely pays for itself. And depending on how you've done it, you know what I mean? Um, but that's not why guys like McCartney or, you know, or I guess Rick Springfield, why they, <laughs> why they make new music. It's kind of like they're making new music because they like making music. And that's kind of what I, what I feel. It really kind of awakened that in me. Took, um, Heroes and Monsters, Blackbird Angels, all of these things, you know, sort of, really kind of rattled my cage as far as like hey this is what i do like what a, i want to do this you know i want to be able to kind of say like uh at the end of my life when when they go like this is todd kearns's career and it's just gonna be this bizarre like you know cavalcade of you know everything from a weird acoustic record that he made in his house to you know noisy screaming at the top of his lungs uh music and i'm like good good i want it to be uh, all over the map and I want it to be diverse and I want it to be interesting. You know what I mean? I think that's, so I'll, I'm very grateful that someone like Tracy would come to me and go like, let's make a record. And we did. Well, and that's one of my favorite things about you is the diversity, because I mean, I know we talked about this last interview is just how long we've known your career Right, like way back in the in the very early days with Age of Electric and and like your work here in Calgary and stuff like that, just with you know with with like Smash LA and stuff like that, just coming in. Oh, I, I mean, it's it's like you just, I mean, you just chose to live the life. Like, at what moment did you kind of figure out that it was just like, wow, I I kind of did it. I don't know that. <laughs> well, it's always that kind of feeling, like. Uh like a little bit of uh, imposter syndrome. Like you're waiting for at any moment for someone to tap you on the shoulder and go like, <laughs> you know, we figured you out, <laughs> go sit down. You know, you're like, Oh, okay. Um, I, I, it's a funny thing because, you know, at 14, 15 years old, I was playing in a, in a, in a high school band and we would go off and play high school dances in Saskatchewan because they had live bands back then. I, assume they're DJs now. I, I don't know. Um, and it was, uh, you know, I, I just, I, even then I was like, most of my friends were bagging groceries or, you know, shoveling walks or whatever for, for their jobs, you know, or pumping gas or whatever. And I was playing music on weekends and, you know, wasn't getting rich, but I had money in my pocket. And, um, as soon as I was out of high school, those guys just started going and playing bars and, and, and doing that circuit, you know what I mean? And, and, and I was, I was in heaven. Like I was just, I don't remember, I remember we were like, you know, borderline poor, you know, but they put us up in hotels and, and we 
figured out a way to feed ourselves and uh and guys would drop off one guy would go back to school and another guy would fall in love and get married and Jody quit, and, or however it goes. <laughs> Jody quit. Jimmy got <laughs> married. Got, yeah. Jimmy got married. <laughs> exactly. and, you know, and uh, that sort of thing. And then I'd always be kind of like, you know, at the time I was like, "Are they crazy? They're gonna go like." And it sort of felt like, you know, this this weird black and white civilian life to to me. Um, you know, objectively now I go when guys drop off, and I've seen so many guys really talented, way more talented than me drop off because of all those reasons and i go i get it i totally get it because it's not for everybody it's like come on this pirate pirate ship and we're gonna go uh you know raid and 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 just kind of live this bizarre life and and uh we you know we we might sleep we might not we, you know the whole thing is just this and it, and it's very much like that the, yeah the van broke down and you know on the trans canada highway at 40 below and and you're like everybody's like you know huddled under a blanket together praying that they're not going to die free cell phones so you don't know what to do you know um but we survived and we made it you know a lot of people would be you know when i think about it now the idea of like hey you know that thing we've been doing jamming in the garage coming up with songs well a friend of mine has a place we can play 300 miles away so let's borrow my mom's van and, and, you know, we're not sure if it'll make it, but go over, you know, it's like some, there's somebody in that equation that'll go, that's crazy. I'm not doing that. You know, it's like, you know, or like my dad owns a, a business that I, I have, I'm already set up to have a career in, or I want to go get an education or, you know, whatever it is. And it's like, but I was always wired just sort of like, I just love doing this. And I, and I, I just kept doing it. So when age of electric, electric at the time started doing that circuit into calgary and all that kind of stuff that was as far as i was concerned we'd made it long before that we were playing music for a living you know we were doing it we people would come and see us do it and then you sort of creep up these levels into like recording and and a label is involved now and all that kind of stuff and then you know but inevitably that that lifestyle comes with a lot of like you know you know, you get dropped from that label or the the 90s, you know, changed a lot of people's careers. And then but I've been around in a, in a bizarre sense to see the 90s change the music industry completely. And then the downloading change it in a completely more detrimental way, you know. So by the time we were doing static and stereo or something like that, um, it became like really crazy when it was like, well, there's this club is full and everybody knows our songs, but we're not selling any records. Why is that? And it's like, oh, yeah, because no one's buying records anymore. You know, and you're like, OK. And no one figured that out in enough time before that shift had happened. And and it is like it is now. So now, although Tracy and I get to make records where, um, you know, because something like what you guys are doing now would not you know you it's almost kind of like the idea of having a television show or having a radio show but you get to do this outside of that that thing so we get to make records outside of a and r guys and 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 there are label people involved but we get to just make music and you guys get to make content and and it's this it's opened up this whole new world where you know you any one of us could stumble onto something and go on and just go you know and get rich doing it 
the reality is most of us do it because we love doing it and we love the music and we love all the stuff about it. So for those of us that sort of always had that, you know, regardless of everything else, it was like, we just love music. We just love doing this. So we're going to figure out a way to make this work. Um, I think I've managed to weather a lot of those storms and still be here and still be doing this um, because of that fundamentally is that I just, I just love doing this. You know, it's sort of like whether it was playing at the live wire and McLeod trail or, you know, or, uh, <laughs> or playing in like, uh, you know, we, you know, Tel Aviv, you know, we've done, we've done some crazy shit, Moscow, you know, I've done some crazy shit in my life and uh, it all, fundamentally is the same thing you know you're playing music you get to you get to do this and and every at the end of every day you kind of feel like wow we, we pulled it off again no one's figured us out you know <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, it's so true though i mean I, I was you know i was on your facebook and i was just looking through the different photographs of the different projects and the different people and and it, it just blows me away it's like wow this is a guy who who did it and Often, I think the difference between a guy who did it and the guy who didn't was that they just decided to keep doing it. You know, I think so. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah. And yeah. I'll be honest with you, there's been definitely some bumps along the way. That's just the nature of life. And there's been a couple times where I've, you know, I was telling a story the other day of how I, you know, I, 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 I had some kids and I and I had a day job a couple of times, and you know, and they were more about just keeping the lights on while you're kind of looking for your next opportunity for the next pirate ship to pull into, into port. <laughs> and then, <laughs> but then I was like, you know, and then you have these conversations with people at these jobs, like, you know, if you went, you're really good at this. If you went and took this course, then you would get like, you know, you would work your way up and I'd be like, dude, I'm, I'm no, <laughs> I'm here just kind of like, you know, keeping everything kind of going for now. And I have, you know, responsibilities and all that. But I am a musician, essentially. I mean, and that said, I mean, I, I, I guess it would be as simple as that if I if I had sort of said, yeah, you're probably right. Maybe, you know, I'm in my 30s now or whatever and thought, because that's essentially what ends up happening is is you sort of relent to life, I think. And, and I don't think there's anything wrong because I, I, I'm one of those guys that's like, I've had so many friends just kind of drop off because they fall in love or they've got jobs. And I go, that, that's awesome. I, I think it's amazing that you, had like that much of a focus and decided you know what i don't need to sleep uh in economy to australia you know to, you know or whatever to go play some shows and come home with no money you know it's like i i get it you know i mean i get it we, we you know it's i i've sort of lived through all that to the other side where you know but but it takes a lot of sacrifice and a lot of stuff to get to that point where um where you could do that. And, it, and I think maybe some of it is sort of borderline insanity where, where a normal person would be like, oh, why are we? Well, no, it's time to, it's time to go on to do something. Or, or somebody had a wife or a girlfriend who was kind of like, this is enough, you know, or, or sort of, sort of, and, I, and I've been there too, you know, I've had this sort of, I wouldn't call them ultimatums, but you're very aware of the fact that even the most adventurous person can be like, isn't this fun being with this person who lives like Peter Pan? They will eventually get tired of that. They will eventually be like, <laughs> well, that was fun, but like, when do we start becoming normal? Can we go down to the brick and look at a living room set? And I'd be like, a living room set? I'm never <laughs> here. <laughs> you know, 
and of course, I've come out the other side of that and have you know family and 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 a good life and all that now. But it's sort of like figuring out how to make it all work, you know. And I think that you know, knowing that when I was 14, 15 years old, that this was what I wanted to do, and not having a backup plan at all, you know, other than falling ass backwards into a couple of those day jobs that might have turned into something. Um, I don't think I would have been necessarily satisfied just working at whatever job that was um no matter if i'd taken the course to kind of up my uh standing in in the job i think i still would have been like you know i, I would have been like it would have been like pretending I, eventually somebody would have said hey come sing in our band or come play do this and i had been like okay and then it would have just pulled me off in another direction so. <laughs> and that's it's, what's we weird it's kind of like you I, I see it all the time i got friends that are, are normal you know normal they got day jobs and stuff like that but their facebook profile is them playing a gig and i go you're a musician bro you know yeah you might be like a construction guy or whatever but you're a musician you know and i love that i love that you know that you know or they'll show you know, or some of the guy's profile picture will be him playing hockey and you go that's how he sees himself that's what he wants to be and i go it just turns out that i just never had that moment of clarity <laughs> or not enough clarity <laughs> or enough maturity to kind of go like yeah it's time to go do something else you know or or whatever i think it's a, a lot of that comes down to being able to play bass and sing and play guitar and do a bunch of things that if one thing went away it was kind of like i could go do that or it's kind of like having three jobs or three you know potential jobs so that when the bass player guy's not working. That's okay because the guitar player guy's working. And when he's not working, well, the singer guy's doing stuff or some variation thereof in all those different contexts. It reminds me somehow of a pair of movies, you know, just hearing you talk about this. One, Anvil, the story of Anvil, you know. I mean, just, they just they're bigger today than they've ever been. And, and it's because they just, quitting was just never an option. No. And, or Cool Hand Luke. You know, who could if he could have just fit into society, he would have been fine. But he he couldn't, and he no. could not be himself. No, and it ends tragically for him because of it. But it, but it it couldn't be any other way because he just can't conform, and he just won't. Well, and, I think you know, I think you're you yeah. are ultimately your nature is who you are. Exactly, and I think that that's a big part of it, especially with something like Anvil. I think there's a real thing about if you just stick around long enough, you become a legend. You know, it's, it's kind of like, <laughs> you know, it's like, I always think all the Ramones, the original Ramones are dead. And I, I think to myself, as I'm walking down the street, looking at like, you know, during the course of a day, I'll see multiple Ramones t-shirts. And I go, if these guys, cause they, they live, um, they, you know, you, you would go like, I'll go see them next time. They're always around. They're uh -huh. always playing. And, and they were just constantly touring. They, they lived in a van, they did their thing. And if they had stuck around and, and, you know, long enough to be able to cash in on that reunion tour, they would have been gigantic. Like they would have been playing the hockey arenas that they never could have played back in the day. And but there is something to be said about the fact that Lenny, um, you know, or, or, you know, somebody like Lenny, every it just sort of seemed like one day everybody woke up and went like, Lemmy's a god and you'd be like Lemmy has been around this entire time <laughs> you know he's another one of those guys <laughs> who's coming to town and you're like yeah he's he was here last year you know it's like it's the you know Motorhead became legends just by the sheer act of still being around you know and and I think that that's true you know especially for the bands that stick to their guns it's one thing to have been 
gigantic and then to have sort of fallen a bit, I suppose. But um, obviously the Aerosmiths and the Kiss and all that kind of stuff, the longevity of those groups, um, you know, Stones, it's that's a no brainer. You know, it's kind of like, but sometimes there's something to be said about those bands that have that have hung around. And Anvil's one of them. You know, the bands that have been, they're just they're they've been around for as long as we can remember, and they will remain around until Rob or Lips can't do it anymore. You know what I mean? And I, I think that that's sort of where I'm at in my life, where it's just kind of like, you know, was speaking of like you know Ringo Starr and all that. You're like. You know, I'll be, you know, I, I guess I, if I keep doing this for the next 30, 40 years, then it's sort of like, that'll be, uh, you know, that'll be interesting. <laughs> but it sort of puts it in a different perspective where it's kind of like, you know, you know, in, in, in 20, 30 years from now. And it's like, although those guys are playing down at the Deerfoot again. Yeah, it's got, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but why wouldn't we be really like, you know, it's like going to see Loverboy. And I'm like, you know, I'm looking up at them as the first concert I ever saw was Loverboy. And I look it up at them and they're older and it's kind of like, it's just so awesome that they're still doing it. I mean, and I don't know how much longer they'll do it. I mean, they're Paul's 70 something, you know, and I don't know. It's at some point they'll start checking out because they just don't want to be in a, be on a plane anymore, you know, or, or have to travel or do whatever. So, um, uh, but yeah, just keep doing it. I think is the, is the goal. You just keep doing it and eventually it sort of catches up. You know, if it doesn't, then you're just some maniac that's, <laughs> you know, borderline uh, Hollywood Boulevard Superman or something. You know, it's kind of like the guy, yeah, you know, kind of keeps showing up you know, dressed up as a power power ranger or a ninja <laughs> photos well, with that person. You'll be just like Alice Cooper, who will be like yeah. 90 years old and it won't matter because because he'll he'll still be he'll he'll still be golfing at like 5 a.m. <laughs> and he still looks the same. He looked yeah. 90 when he was 20. And exactly. he'll look 90 when he's 120. You know? and, he's, and he's still making music too, which I think is exciting. You know, I think that that's yeah, one of the things. Yeah. Whatever it is about music definitely motivates Alice. I mean, he's like one of those guys that's, you know, and he had his ups and downs too. There, you know, he he sort of he could have been spit out the bottom of uh, the industry and been, you know, kind of quietly playing smaller casino gigs or something like that. But no, he's, you know, he's stuck to it and he's he's managed to maintain uh a, a great profile. He's ending his radio show finally. Really? Nights, well, they, Nights they are Alice Cooper. They, they, they are sold. Yeah. They sold it. So nineteen and a half years, yeah. and and then no more Nights with Alice Cooper. Wow! I have nice. Wow! Stuff. I have no idea. That's yeah. That's almost yeah. twenty years. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't know what he's going to do. I mean, it, it's just. It feels like. Feels like he'll need to find something else to fill the void because. Because he's he's the twenty four hours a, a day liver. <laughs> he really this. is. It, it's quite staggering, actually. Like from what I understand about him, is it's like like you said, he's up in the morning playing golf, like bright and early, and and uh, he's just sort of on all day, and he kind of he's just kind of wired like that. I think it's it's some some people are just wired differently than uh, you know somebody. I mean, it's it's kind of like looking at my dad and then looking at Mick Jagger and. <laughs> you know, or Paul McCartney. It just it's not the same thing. You know, it's kind of like, you know, that's you know, guys like like Mick or Paul or any of those guys, it's kind of like that's what they do. That's who they are. And it's sort of like if I don't take care of myself and I don't then I can't go do that thing that I love to do. So mm-hmm. kind of well, yeah. Well, yeah. there is also the there's also the quote from the Joker who's I think he said something along the lines of uh either die the hero 
or eventually everyone becomes the villain. Yeah, so, yeah, totally. <laughs> That's such a heavy you know. line, isn't it? Yeah, it's totally true. Yeah, yeah. Well, hero yeah. or villain, I guess Alice sort of lives in both worlds, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, he really does. He really yeah, does. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like yeah, because because just on that, like I mean, I think of Frank Sinatra, who's just like you know personal idol of mine, and I mean, like I mean, that man would go and shoot a movie at, in the day, get on his plane, fly to Vegas, shoot, or you know, like sing with you know Sammy and Dean and stuff like that, get back on the plane. And be ready to shoot again the next day and it's just like ah, that's a life right man i just i just got exhausted hearing that story it, yeah. it's kind of like it, it's guys like that again who are wired completely differently than than the rest of us you know i think that it explains a lot about like why, how guys like that really made the impact that they made because they were he was in it he was living it like 24 7 he was not phoning it in in any capacity ever yeah it's it's fascinating i know, you know, I know. somehow i'm thinking of rick i'm thinking somehow rick flair and the fact that he would drink until four in the morning and be up at eight working out and then go and rustle for an hour and then go drink till four in the morning and did it 320 days a year for like 30 years i know I know. Like how many how many but it is who he is. He's how many drop like how many drop like flies in his wake, you know, trying to keep up with that. It's it's very specifically oh, yeah. Frank and Rick and Keith Richards and guys like that who mm -hmm. can do that and still maintain. Uh, even Ronnie, I know Ronnie would sort of Ronnie Wood would always say like, you know, he he just could not keep up with Keith, you know. Keith would go for days, you know, <laughs> days and still be still be doing it and Ronnie would just fall apart. But I'm, but those guys that we just all talked about are all wired. They're not normal people. <laughs> They're not normal. And Rick's still alive to tell to tell the tale too. You know, it's like he shouldn't yeah. be. He shouldn't be, but he is, and yeah. he and he he'll probably bury us all in a lot of ways. You know, they'll, they'll they'll have to do experiments on his body when he's gone to see what what kind of like wiring was it that made him able to function at all. Like you know. You yeah. let alone i mean i guess alcoholism would be <laughs> would be one explanation that you know just the ability to kind of like maintain a certain level of, of of alcohol in your system for you know 365 days a year god sounds rough to me but he's still going yeah yeah if, if you can going. replace your, if you can replace your blood with alcohol then then i think it's much easier to just keep cycling exactly through. Why are you wasting all this? Man, we have we have gotten, by the way, way far away from the initial conversation. <laughs> wow. oh, I'm just realizing how far we have gone on track. Well, we're it's into fun, w though. we're into WWE now, so that's you know that's all. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But uh, yeah, was... <laughs> yeah, no, I think I think that you know that it, it's I think that the, what we're trying to kind of land on is the idea that some people are. I mean, wrestling is a perfectly good example. There are people who have long careers in wrestling and there are people who come and go and, and in music it's like that and in every form of entertainment it's kind of like that because um you know and a lot of it's dictated by the individual i think because um you know the guys guys have up and ups and downs uh, you know i'm friends with chris jericho and i'm always sort of very impressed with the fact that he's in his 50s and he's still doing this you know it's kind of like while a lot of guys his contemporaries have sort of either come and gone or or had unfortunate health issues or or injuries or any of that kind of stuff and all that stuff can play out in music as well where you know it's like 
all it takes is, you know, well, or in sports, it could take a couple of bad, you know, decisions, a couple of, couple of divorces and, <laughs> and some bad investments. And you're, it's, you know, you're like, that guy was making how much money a year and he's broke. You're like, you know, my God, but, um, but it does take very specific individuals. I mean, we live in a different time, like Le- LeBron and Tom Brady and these guys are in their forties and they're still, still performing at levels that, yeah. you know, it's, I mean, they're probably having stem cells for breakfast along with <laughs> Mick, Mick Jagger and everybody else. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, I saw something, you know, the workout of the, uh, the diet that Tom Brady had to do to, you know, perform at that level for that long. I'm like, it was worth it for him. For me, I want a pizza. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. But if they're paying you, you know, whatever he's getting paid a year, you might consider like, okay, I can, I can wait for the pizza till the off season, I guess, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's it's like okay. So let me get this straight. Twenty years of living completely, uh, completely, you know, within this structure. Twenty million dollars a year for for most of that twenty years. Okay, okay, sure. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I would have done it. Yeah, for... I still want a pizza. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's how you're wired. <laughs> that's how I'm wired. I do certain like like we do this show. We you know I mean so many people do podcasts now i mean we started this thing 13 years ago uh it wasn't not everybody had a podcast yeah no, you no, know? no. so luckily over 13 years we've been able to build a large audience but we've also come to realize we're only going to reach a certain level because you know i mean there's a certain there's so much competition there's certain names that are out there they're doing it and you have to compete with their already famous name right but it comes down to at the end of the day music is like you know it's family friends music that's that's it. totally like it's ours you know like and this is how we can give back to it totally. and you know and it's very it's, appreciated it's i mean the I'm, love of it. it it's not said enough that guys like yourselves who who, who have a, a platform like this has become more important than ever you know because um you know especially for guys like us who are, who are making records and you know rolling stones not you know, ringing my phone or, or any of these things, but you know, cause it's funny. Cause when I was a kid, people would say like, you know, or, or people these days will say things like I watched the Grammys and there wasn't one rock band or whatever. And I go, dude, when I was a kid, you know, Icky pop wasn't on the Grammys or, you know, the Ramones weren't on the Grammys. Kiss wasn't going to play on the Grammys. It was like, I never watched that stuff. Cause it was like, whatever was the modern, am radio thing i'm not gonna sit through two hours of that i might you know go oh okay he's pretty cool and then like you know i'd be i I just wasn't interested so to to bring up that to me today is kind of like it's the same conversation it's kind of like we all sought out the things that we liked and that means if it was metal or thrash metal or glam metal or or punk rock or whatever you were into you surrounded yourself with your friends all those goth kids, they hung out together because they like the same music. They like the same clothes. They like the same clubs. And and that was uh, that's how we did it. You know, and it's that way today, except now it's like this, you know, and I think the beauty of what you guys do is 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 building an audience of your own. And then sort of like someone like me comes on here and just fucking matters on for hours about all kinds of insanity. <laughs> and, and you kind of hope that at the end of it, they go. Now, what was the record he was talking about? <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll talk about that again. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
No, but it's it's kind of one of those funny things where I, you know, I'm I'm such a, a people person, and getting to talk to guys like you who are from back home, it's sort of, um, you know, it's it sort of it just becomes real natural just to hang out and talk. So, you know, you'll kind of go, uh, you know, and then the last five minutes, it's kind of like, oh, and the name of the record is this, and Blackbirds, Soul Sorte, and and then off we go. But that's fine. It's kind of like the, um, you know, I said suit before by the way that was a different word it just occurred to me that i screwed that up that's what i get for not speaking danish at home often enough it's there you go sata sata beast sata okay there you go sata there you go, there you go. Okay. I, I screwed makes, up with suit that makes a different one. more sense it seems it seems sata sata okay yeah i like that yeah i, I i'm base go. i'm still working on klingon <laughs> <laughs> now that'd be great a klingon album title now now we're talking mm, yes i want you to sing an entire album in klingon that would yeah be... yeah just just can you can you get that guttural like klingon, klingon opera or whatever they call <laughs> it yeah that'd be good stuff M- mix that <laughs> with some vogon poetry and uh and you've got your uh you've got your geek uh, geek them down you might be surprised what subculture like career i might you know blow up in <laughs> I play Star Trek conventions now. It's amazing. Yeah, that is. Awesome. You might make a lot of money doing that. You never know. You never know, especially if I dress up as a Klingon. I am tall. I can yeah. probably pull it up. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, Todd, it has been amazing uh, to talk to you, and and that's the thing. You're welcome on any time. I'm happy so, to be here anytime. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, we can talk because I know I know you gave us free reign, and and I mean we'll we'll certainly take it to to more than the limit. But uh, but what we'll do is, is we'll, we'll bring you on again, and then we will truly uh we can we can we can talk some more stuff. But uh, but I do want you to talk about um you know how they can find you, how they can listen to the new album and stuff like that. Um, well, I'm always very reach. I'm I'm pretty active online. So Todd Kearns on Instagram, ToddKearns.com is my website. Todd Damn it Kearns, I think on Insta, uh, Twitter X. Is it called X now? I'm so confused. I, I it's called know. X now. Yeah, it's called X. Okay, which is go. yeah, really, you know, it's inconvenient. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm kind of like uh, and, and everybody I know just says, do you do you do you have a Twitter? You know, we still talk mm-hmm. about Twitter. Oh, like, oh yeah, of course. Okay. It, and you're it's, never going to stop. No, it's just the nature of a, of how I my 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 mind my mind's. Wired. I know. I still ask people if they Yahoo uh, that they yeah Yahooed. You know. Yeah, 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 Google. yeah. Like I'm still stuck in the. You know, <laughs> it's, that's it's allowed. Like, that's allowed. I love me my GeoCities website. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I got to map quest those directions. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no. So and the record will be everywhere as of September eighth. You can get your hard copy. Um, uh, probably go to frontiers.com. I assume is what their website is, and um. Yeah, I, I don't. We're, we're, we've been talking about trying to get out and do some shows, which would be amazing. Um, but it's, uh, you know, it's the biggest challenge we have is every musician I know and every musician you guys know is in multiple projects these days because the record industry is what it is. So now it's just kind of like trying to find windows where it's like, you know, where everybody, all five of those people, the window goes from being like, here's 2024, and it sort of sort of wigs it. You know, there's a you know, there's an afternoon available on you know, <laughs> May fifth. You know, yeah. Um, but it's 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 definitely uh going to happen at some point. It's just a matter of, of when and where. And 
you know, we've got like Sam Bam and and Johnny Martin. I mean, the good thing about Johnny Martin is that he and Tracy share the same schedule. So there's that. And then um, it's just sort of more a case of just trying to find when we could possibly get out and do these things live. Uh, but I mean, that's the beauty of making music is it's, you know, it, it, it really goes on for it's, it's, you know, the immortality of music is what's so interesting is, you know, it's, you know, it's, uh, I assume that, you know, you know, years after people are gone, their music sort of lives on, you know, it's like, we all miss Eddie Van Halen, but I can go in my, you know, call up every single thing that he's released and I can enjoy it, you know? Um, and I, I like to think that, you know, the, whatever music, you know, it might pale in comparison to what Eddie Van Halen has done, but, you know, the music that we've made hopefully will, you know, carry on and, and find new audiences. Cause it's always fascinating to me how, you know, these records find or this music the music that i've made in the past still is finding audiences all along the way because people who not everybody was there at you know frankie and johnny's in 1991 or whatever so so it's kind of like uh, they find this stuff way later and they'll be like dude people walk up to me and go i this is my favorite thing you've ever done and i'll be like wow this was out before you were born, but okay, cool. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> is, is this the time when we get to talk about Van Halen three now with Gary Jones? <laughs> Dude, I was, I was, I was ground zero for that because I had the same management. They were managed by Ray Daniels, Rush's management at the time. Mm, so, yeah. so it was very interesting, uh, um, you know, sort of witnessing it in real time, but in like, you know, from my, you know, sort of distanced vantage point of it all was very interesting. Um, that's a whole other conversation. We might need to book a new one for that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's do oh, it. Oh, yeah. I, 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 I I'm mean, the guy I'm, who likes I'm wondering. Them. Yeah. I'm wondering how it is that they took, uh, you know, David Lee Roth took um, off for teacher and turned that into a song. I would love to hear your perspective on that because that, to me, how do you turn that into a song? I honestly, like, I'll tell you straight up, they don't give enough credit to david lee roth we all go dave was the great front man and the whole thing but i go i listen to van halen like anybody else like you know i they come up on my thing and i'll be listening to van halen too or whatever and i go i and i think stuff like that all the time how is atomic punk a song it's like it's <laughs> insanity you know, like and and dave i'm assuming dave i mean i might be completely maybe i should ask wolfgang these questions but I don't think Ed was the kind of guy who was kind of, you should sing this or you should sing that. I think it was more like guys like Dave could take opera teacher, which for all intents and purposes, I don't know how you turn that into a song, but he found a song, <laughs> yeah. not only a song, but like a huge song like that, that, that song is crazy, like um, crazy heavy, you know, and he turned it into a, an MTV hit. You know what I mean? Like that's, and that's on Dave. I, I got to give Dave the credit for that. Sammy, Sammy, obviously, there's the, that whole other chapter, but they sort of kind of became a, a lot more sort of clever at writing sort of more pop type songs by that point. But that Van Halen chapter of the initial the initial chapter, the fact that Dave was able to turn a lot of that in songs is 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 a testament to his his talent. Absolutely. Well, yes, Todd, we're going to book another show with you. Okay. Um, I will the shoot Van you Halen later. retrospective. That, that's right. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm in for that in a heartbeat, let me tell you. <laughs> but, uh, I, I hope mean, to see you guys in November when Toot gets up there. Yes. Um, we always yeah. try to, what, we'll what's, the coldest, 
What's the coldest time of year to go to Canada? The prairies. Let's go then. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Why not? Well, I mean, <laughs> your name is Took. I mean, come on. Exactly. It's, it's yeah, okay. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. We have to go when we can wear Tooks. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. right. We'll have to try and try and hand you a copy of our graphic novel. You can see the picture from behind me. I'd love that. Of, uh, That's. I love the art. Yeah. Who, who did the art? Uh, it's an artist named J.C. Grande. Uh, he's a right. uh, El Salvador artist, so he's worked in a lot of different graphic novels and for cool. some of the big companies and everything like that. And we we got him for this independent thing because he loves the, this style of music, right? Incredible. So, yeah, that's yeah, awesome. he's uh, he's great. So yeah, I mean, uh, well, I'm hoping I'm hoping it's back from the printers in time. It's you know, oh, it <laughs> it whenever it becomes available, find me. I'll, I definitely want to get a copy well, of that for sure. Are you um are you going to be home in Vegas in uh, December, like first week of December? No, unfortunately. Oh, okay. Well, I'll make... No, I'll be in uh, Europe. I go directly from the Tube Tour into a, another Heroes and Monsters. Oh, run. crazy. All right, then. One last run in before... Uh, All right. Before 2024. So November it is. Yeah, November it is. Yep. November, it's gotta it be is. November, November it is. is. Yeah. Okay, yeah. we'll be get you a copy here and hopefully Please. you enjoy it but, uh, i would love it yeah you know i'd love it yeah yeah but, yeah. but, but, but somebody find making... me on find me on instagram or whatever and let me know you guys are coming in november and that way we can kind of make a point of trying to connect and say hi yeah i got your email Great. so we'll see, Please. We'll see. I, I sent you an email before you didn't answer <laughs> oh yeah i'm well, did you which one is it the gmail uh i think so okay yeah i'm terrible at everything <laughs> but oddly enough things that's why instagram and all that kind of works because you're kind of like on there and you go what is this like oh somebody's there you know you, you just yeah and emails can be like you have that whole 20 2024 uh messages not read and you're like good lord you know yeah. <laughs> and and coincidentally this is not the cover this is just a pinup in the book the cover from the uh the book is done by phil lewis's wife no way. Uh, painted our cover. Yeah. Yeah. No we way. found out wow. that she painted the covers for the LA Guns albums. That's and incredible. commissioned her to paint the cover. So, I mean, in a small world, it, it's it's all in the family. She does incredible work. She's really talented. Yeah. 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 That's right. Awesome. All right. Well, well, thanks, we're going to let you go because, fun. yeah, <laughs> we always so fun on for hours. We literally yeah. could. So if, we, if you know, keep us going, you better get off while you get a chance. I'm the same way. Yeah. It's kind of like, <laughs> yeah, let's be careful before we open up the next can of worms <laughs> but uh, todd currents blackbird angels the album is amazing uh, you're Thank amazing you, and and i know that uh, we look forward to talking to you every chance that we can so thank you so much for everything that you do and uh, we you. wish you nothing but the best of the future perfect see you in november okay you betcha awesome all right Take thank care, you guys. Sir. bye, bye for bye. now bye.